Hello and hey there. Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast, a show where we rank and discuss any list you can imagine. Best childhood trend? Top gaming console? Best blenders? Nothing is off limits. Everyone is wrong, even when they think they are right. I'm your host, Tom Lockhart, and with me as always is... Eric Shane. How you doing, Tommy? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? Doing all right, man. How's your week? Uh, I had a plumbing issue that was quite terrible um where i held a a pipe together for about 15 minutes um but besides that pretty good no that's pretty good all right yeah mine was nowhere nearly as eventful yeah yeah i i would hope not pipes are the worst man i wonder how zach's week was well our other host is (laughs) <laughs> we'll ruin the good surprise on you. <laughs> oh, spoiler. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, so I thought your, uh, Tom, when you said you, you burst a pipe, I thought that was an innuendo, like you pooped your pants or something like that. No, sir. It was an actual pipe. Oh, okay. It was It was fun. I don't know the, I don't know the TikTok lingo anymore, and I know you live, love TikTok so much. Oh, yeah, I know all the dances, the one where they put the hands in the places. What? Again, with your, with your innuendos and your inappropriate comments. This is a family show, Tom. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. Come on. We know it's not family friendly at all. Whatever, man. I think it's I think it's family friendly. Eric says the darndest things is what they should be called. That is true. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> like that. <laughs> we should have a shirt that just says, oh, you. And it's Eric just like crossing his arms and pointing. <laughs> oh, I'd that buy sounds that shirt. beautiful. Oh, I I'd would, buy, too. I'd buy two of them. One to sleep in and one to wear. You know, we keep this podcast going. We're going to have to have like an actual store where people can go buy merch and that'll be in the that'll be in the store. Heck yeah, man. We got to get uh, we got to get more listeners and followers. But yeah, there I'm, go, I'm, man. I'm 100 percent down. I gotta will start. sell my body for science. Got to start working on a catchphrase. I'll just sell it for money. Oh, there you go. I like that. <laughs> wow. Well, guys, it's a messy job, but somebody's got to do it. I don't know about you guys, but as, as for as for as long as I can remember, I have been working. It turns out that adults, adulting kind of sucks. Uh, you pay taxes. You try to impress people with uh, fancy house plants. I have plastic plants. No big deal. Uh, and you have to pretend that you like eating just crazy fancy food. I do. So I don't know about you guys. When all you want to do is eat Dunkaroos because those things are amazing. It sure can be tough. Uh, if only we could grow up and do what we dreamt of as children. An astronaut that fights dinosaurs in Middle Earth and you get to hang out with a Gandalf? I mean, that's what I grew up wanting to be. What about you? Well, today we are going to discuss the top five dream jobs. To enhance the discussion, we didn't share our list with each other, and by no means are we experts or historians in said categories. We are just a few dudes who like to talk about nonsense. And I'm going to start us off. So, a little backstory. Until I met my wonderful wife, the most advanced thing that I would cook would be nachos. And these nachos weren't like fancy nachos. It was just chips and processed shredded cheese. (laughs) That was my height of culinary excellence. That's my chef guess. So my dream job would be to be a chef. Because since I met my wife... I have actually started cooking a lot and I enjoy cooking and I like cooking all sorts of different stuff. I know how to make a risotto now. Like that's crazy. I never even knew what a risotto risotto was. 
That's the word. You found it. Good job. <laughs> um, I could see myself in a kitchen if I had a better palate. I think that's what's holding me back from working as a chef. Because oh, okay. my palate is awful. I eat trash because I think lots of things taste good. I don't think there's many things that I think taste bad. Whenever I, I'll make a meal sometimes and my wife will like look at me and she'll be like, I don't know if this is very good. And I'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is delicious. And I will just eat that thing up. Hmm. But I don't only make crappy food. <laughs> I make some good things. Like I made an oxtail uh, stew that uh, I got the recipe from my father-in-law and oh, I had never had oxtail before. And that mm. stuff is good. This sounds yeah, amazing. I would be a chef. I love, I, I had never watched any of the chef shows either before I met my wife. Now I watch all of them. They're all great. <laughs> yeah. Chefs, they're, what's your like, favorite one, Tom? Uh, my favorite one is probably the Great British Bake Off. Oh, they're so polite on that show. Yeah, I know. Or uh, Chef's Table is really good. Seeing like some of those high end chefs and the crazy things that they do and their backstories is pretty great. So, yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of the South Park episode of Cream Friesh. Uh, where <laughs> oh, just yeah. Can <laughs> <Get> whip that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, these cooking shows are, I mean, they're practically, they're food porn is what they are. I mean, I do have creme fraiche in my fridge, so. <laughs> okay. It's too rich for me, but it's, I mean, it's really good if I, obviously, if I have it on something that it, it calls for, but I'm not, I don't put it on anything, so. Uh, Isn't creme fraiche just sour cream? Yeah, basically. It kind of, it's like a fancy sour cream. I, I, I put it eat, in my, I, I put it in my scrambled eggs. It makes them like silky smooth and delicious mm -hmm. and actually yeah gordon ramsay um uh, does a really really good scrambled egg um not my style of scrambled egg uh, i like mine a little more overcooked yeah. and um he does a very very like liquidy kind of fluffy kind of yeah he always tops it off with creme fraiche and then you you uh you, you know keep stirring it and stuff i've seen him that, i've seen him make that yeah. volume yeah beautiful yeah, did That's he good. make that on the uh, Hot Ones episode he was on? He made he the yes, he did. Yeah. He did. As he was like dying, he's like, oh, yeah. my anus, it hurts. <laughs> oh, he's an entertaining bugger, that man. He is. He's funny. That's well, Chef is chef's a good choice for you there, Tom. I, uh, I kind of appreciate how you're talking about how later in life you got exposed to something that, you know, if you had known then what you know now, you might have went a little bit of a different route. We might have respected you more, Tom. <laughs> yeah. I didn't start cooking until I was 30. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you, though, Tom, on that, too. I mean, I've, I've been cooking for a long time since I was a kid. I actually, my dad taught me how to make really good uh, scrambled eggs and then uh, how to, like, barbecue and, and just grill in general. And, I mean, I've been cooking and baking since I was a young lad. My mom got me a cookbook for Christmas one year. And I was trying to be excited about it. But then actually, when I opened it up and realized how cool it was, I was like, oh, this is pretty rad. So I, I kind of jumped on that back bandwagon early. Uh, it fell off through, you know, high school and college. But then I picked it back up um, over the past decade, at least. And, and more recently, I don't eat meat. I haven't eaten meat for about uh, two and a half years. But um, every once in a while, I'll dabble in it. But anyhow, I've gotten way more into presentation for cooking. So I went and bought, you know, new uh, new flatware and new plates 
and um, and bowls and such and trying to make it a, a lot prettier. And I'm adding more color and, and just different uh, salts and oils and, and adding just different flavors to things and experimenting. And it has been so fun. So I'm with you on watching the chefs because I found this amazing one called Rainbow Plant Life. And she's uh, she's incredible. And she's mm. a vegan chef, but uh, I steal a lot of her ideas. I made a roasted chickpea tacos last night with some um, roasted corn and baby broccoli in it. And they were fantastic. I'd eat that. Yeah. No, I like, cow- I yeah. like uh, cowboy Kent Rollins. Uh, he uh, is a cowboy, Ooh. cowboy chef. He is a, literally a cowboy. That's his job <laughs> is that, that that's still a profession. That's How about still them a, cowboys? A, that is an active profession. You can still be a cowboy in this day and age. You still have to <laughs> move cattle. And so obviously the profession has changed, but his job is he's got the he's got the big cart out there and he cooks for all the cowboys and he's running that. And uh, he's he's got a real folksy way about him, obviously. It's uh but the show's really cool, uh, cooking at cast iron. Also like binging with Babish. I don't yeah. know if you guys have ever seen that. Yeah. Oh yeah. He does everything like from yeah. scratch, every single thing from scratch. He's like, I'm not going to use buns from the store. I'm going to make my own buns. And I'm like, Jesus. Well, he, he, yeah, he'll also have noticed. He'll be like, so I've, I did that. Now that I've done that, I won't ever do it again. Cause that's like not worth the juice is not worth the squeeze on that. Absolutely. Just get the store bought. Yeah, Absolutely. So uh, I, I respect, I respect his game a lot. Yeah. Uh, Joshua Weissman, Weissman, I believe his name is. He does a, a thing that's uh, but better where he takes like yeah. fast food items and then makes them better. And his look way better. I don't and agree with all of the his, though. He made Butterfingers and I was like, those don't look very good. And then a that, couple other ones. I was like, no, those still don't look very good. Yeah. When it comes to his like can- desserts, he's not great. Like he I just watched a Krispy Kreme one yesterday and his donut did not look as good as a Krispy Kreme donut. Like, <laughs> and I'm sorry, Krispy Kremes are delicious. That's like, yeah, yeah. Ugh, do you guys watch any of the mythical kitchen stuff on YouTube? I don't, but I probably will now. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> mythical kitchen stuff. I, so, like, I've seen historical kitchen stuff. <laughs> so mythical kitchen is a um, YouTube channel. And um, there's a guy, uh, I forgot his name, but anyhow, um, he's a good looking dude. He's like, he's, he's pretty built and stuff, but he makes um, basically like there's one right here. It's making flaming hot Cheeto powder from scratch. And then he does like uh, tries to make a $379 five guys bacon cheeseburger. Um, he makes a Dorito calzone. Um, he makes uh, wow. what else? He does, he does like uh, a thing from Taco Bell where he makes his, a giant crunch wrap or something like that. He does some really cool shit, but him and then the other guys, um, what are the other guys? I think they're all part of First We Feast, but um, it's, it's a yeah. really cool channel. But yeah, lots of different cooking ideas for there. It's more extreme food challenges. It's That's just more of a fun one to watch. But Well, I love how we just went on just a huge divert, you know, discourse here talking about food. And, I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, love it. Always no, hey, it. chef. Uh, yeah, chef's a good choice. Uh, I feel like there's a few of these jobs where we're going to have a little bit of crossover. Uh, that's not one for me. Um, I've I, I didn't wasn't taught anything. I feel like this whole podcast, I'm just going to like crap all over my parents and how they like didn't bother to raise me at all. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like because a lot of the stuff I when I came up with are stuff that like I dreamed of doing and they're just like, that's never going to happen that's stupid. Don't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> like not. Even, so my first one is fighter pilot. Nice. Top gun was my favorite movie growing up. I love top gun still to this day. Love top gun. 
I soaked up all the military movies. I knew from the age of five that I was going to serve. I knew I was going to serve in some capacity or another. That was always going to happen. But enlisted, commission officer, which branch, which MOS, that was up. That was, you know, when people were considering what colleges they were going to go to, that's what I was thinking about. Okay. I didn't, because I was told flat out, you're not going to college. It's not going to happen for you ever. And when I found out that you had to be a commission officer to be a pilot, which means you had to have gone to school and gotten a bachelor's degree in order to do that, it got shot down. They're just like, you're not, you're not ever going to do that ever. It's not going to happen. So no. So (laughs) that's my cheerful story on that. Funny (laughs) Funny thing is, yeah, no, it turns out like, no, I mean, that's, that's not true. You could have, you know, uh, there was just like, unless you get a scholarship, you're not going to college. And that's not true. You could get student loans. You can, you know, there's other stuff you can do. Um, they didn't know. They didn't bother to look it up. They didn't care to put any research into it at all. And I, by the time I knew it, it was way too late. But is it? Because as it turns out, if you're prior service, which I am, you can end up, uh, you can join the Air Force, I think as late as 39 as a commission officer. So wow. once I finish up my degree here, you know, next spring, um, cause it turns out you can go to college. <laughs> so. your, mom, your mom goes to college. Yeah, no, she didn't. Uh, it's from Napoleon dynamite. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I'm just saying <laughs> it's, it, it's possible. It's still, the dream is still alive. I could in fact be a fighter pilot. If I lose a bunch of weight and I <laughs> match up on all the other physical stuff and finish up with my degree. But, I, you know, leaving a six figure manufacturing job to go live an adolescent Top Gun fantasy is going to be a really hard sell for my darling wife. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah, so. probably not. Um, I think that ship, that ship sailed a long time ago. So fighter pilot. Right um, so I wouldn't do that because I'm nervous on takeoff when I'm not flying a plane. Like I put on headphones, I close my eyes, I grip onto my seat just don't like takeoffs and yeah i don't think i could do it myself (laughs) how you doing on landings landings are a little bit better for some reason i don't know it doesn't make any sense because that seems that's that's when things are gonna go really wrong that seems super backward yeah yeah if you're taking off it's just like oh no a wheel came off okay well you're just coming to a skid but when you're landing you're gonna go straight into the ground like that's the direction you're going <laughs> i don't know why why my yeah. brain is and when i'm in the sky and there's turbulence no big deal i'm just sitting there doing like whatever we're already up here like <laughs> right because it, it is no big deal turbulence is not that big of a deal yeah um yeah well you know you actually do have more control on landing because at that point you're mostly coasting anyway yeah and you're riding the air and you're just you got your flaps out and you're riding the air down and smoothly hopefully trying to find purchase on the landing strip. Whereas when you're taking off, you're trying to catch enough air under them freaking wings to lift you off the ground. So, you know, things can go wrong. You blow yeah. a tire at the wrong, the worst possible moment. You're not going anywhere. Slam the brakes. So, Damn. Yeah, fighter pilot. Nice. I dig it. It'd be badass too for the aviators and the jacket. That's awesome. right. Yeah. I'd yeah. buy you a beer uh, if I saw you in person, Eric. Thanks. I rock aviators anyway. Woo, look at you. Oh, I do. It's my, yeah. Uh, uh, Zach, what's your first one? Well, you know, there's no surprise that I am a film fanatic. Uh, I go crazy. Uh, this past weekend, up until I think like today, I've watched a bunch of movies. 
So it's uh, it's great. And I derive meaning from these films whenever I see them. I don't just put them on to be mindless entertainment. Although I do have some real cheesy ones that by uh, societal standards maybe aren't the best, but uh, I still love the shit out of them. And I call those popcorn flicks. But anyways, um, I would love to analyze these films and get paid for it. So I would love to be a film critic. Um, I don't want to be overly critic or critical, I should say. But uh, I do really enjoy talking about movies. So I think it would be fantastic to be a film critic. I don't care what medium. I don't care if it is through YouTube or through no one really reads newspapers anymore. I think it's a, almost a dying medium. But, uh, you know, the how dare you? I know the Internet, uh, yeah, podcasts, obviously. Um, I think it would be fantastic to be paid for that and um, for people to be like, I get what you're saying and I agree with you or don't be crazy, Zach. You're wrong. (laughs) Well, I don't think you're crazy at all. I think with, um, you know, polishing the writing skills and working on the branding, uh, marketing and putting yourself out there and getting noticed that those are skills that you'll have to sort of develop. But if your passion is for film, this is something you actually, this ship has not sailed. This is something you can do. You're doing it now already. Yep. So that you're already in a way, you know, living your dream on your podcast. Oh, yeah. It is a good dream, Eric. I tell you what, I get to watch movies and talk about it with my friend. And uh, it's cool. And I have other friends that I'm talking about it with. And it's great. And people ask me to hit me up on Twitter or whatever. They ask me my opinion on on things. And it feels good to just share it because I don't know. I'm not all encompassing. I don't know everything, but it is kind of nice when people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. One of the reasons I changed majors to English is because it gave me an excuse to just (laughs) read the books that have been on my bucket list forever, like 50, 60 books. And I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I'm just screw it. I'm just going to use this as an excuse to (laughs) finally get around to them. And uh, it's been fun and uh, engaging in that literary criticism. But that's just in a school thing. I could see I could see doing that after just for fun. But uh, yeah, in a way, it's kind of what you're doing. I could you know, I know a lot of other folks are doing that in podcast form. Um, It's a a powerful medium for these very conversations we're having. So it's Mm -hmm. something. Yeah, absolutely. So that actually was the next one on my list was film critic because I love me some movies. My main problem is a lot of the time. I can't like, like explain why I like a movie. (laughs) Like, I don't know, like in, like, I don't know cinematography and screenplays and what makes them good. I just know that I like them when they happen. (laughs) So my only problem with being a film critic would be being able to explain why I like these things. But Tom, you, you can do that. You don't need to. I'm I'm aware that I can do it. Tell us why you but, like Hell Comes to Frogtown. <laughs> okay. So the reason no, 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 I no. like... <laughs> no, no, you got... Well, well, so Roddy Roddy what? Piper. That's all I have to say. <laughs> okay. Is there a possibility of maybe a guest star on your podcast there? Maybe give Tom a whack at some... Oh, it's... Um, I didn't want to spill the beans or anything like that. But yeah, <laughs> I, would, uh, I actually was thinking about that um, yeah. before the show, too. So... And, I mean, um, if, you, if you do hell comes to Frogtown, no, no, none of that. We this, it's a family show. We don't like bringing in garbage. Okay, it's a hell comes to Frogtown specific career choice. This is all <laughs> he wants to critique. It's just this one shitty movie. I want to review it every week oh, <laughs> until yikes. the end of time. Just yikes. a new new written review every week. Beautiful. That's, that's not good. 
but that's, I do that's get, called I, art. <laughs> well, yeah, and Tom, you're absolutely. I mean, you're right though. It doesn't. It's called religion, but all right. You, you don't need <laughs> Tom. You don't need uh, to know all the terms. I mean, there are crash courses on YouTube. I don't know all of the terms in filmmaking, and they're like, oh, rack focus, and you know, dolly in, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, you pick it up when you when you watch videos and everything, but like, I don't know how to make a movie. And I still really love it. I just know I can explain and describe the beauty that I see on film and then the the feeling that I that was derived from watching it. And I think that's what it comes down to is it's art. It's subjective. So that's true. as long as you can convince me, as long as you can sell me on some snake oil, then you would be a good film critic. I think I can do that. Cool. <laughs> good with me, man. So, yeah, we're back to Eric, I think. Well, you know, I think we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll stay in the same vein. I'll say actor. Ooh. Yeah, I, you know, I enjoy the theater. I enjoy movies just like you guys and TV shows. And I love dialogue. I love character. Uh, I like to role play. Uh, Tom knows, uh, you know, I play d and I like role play. I, li- mm. I, I like playing dress up. <laughs> That's kinky, I like, Eric. I like, I, it. <laughs> like be, I like being the clown. I don't mind it at all. Um, it's I, I would have I think I would have had a lot of fun being an actor. This is, again, one of those things where it's like you're not that's not going to happen. So you're dumb. So, OK, <laughs> so it, there was no pursuit at all. Not 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 a thought that that was ever going to happen. Um, but I, I I don't even know what sort of actor that would constitute the dream job. Yeah. Being the big old Hollywood A-lister would be awesome. But I also respect those character actors, those, you know, those B-listers and C-listers that guys like you. Zach, like, you know, you know what I mean? Two are sort of like obscure, you know, you just, you don't know their name, but you just see them every so often right. in movies. I respect those guys. You know, I got a lot of respect for those kind of actors, those everyday workmen, you know, actors, um, and sitcom actors, whatever, uh, and stage actors as well. Um, I, I could have, I, I feel like I could have gotten into theater more in like high school. I feel like I could have really gotten into that. I feel like that's something that, you know, had I got a little encouragement, I, I feel like I could have done that. Um, cause I got the personality for it mostly cause I don't mind, you know, making a jackass out of myself. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but yeah, so I, I feel like actor would have been really fun. I think you'd have been good at that too. It'd be funny. You'd be like a mix of Jack black and someone insightful. <laughs> well so jack uh, look, black robin, listen whenever robin williams grew his beard out you knew it was a serious role yeah that's you know what i mean okay yeah absolutely uh actor is what i had on my list kind of when i was starting my list which i changed to film critic because i was like you know what i actually wouldn't want to be an actor that sounds ugh. i just couldn't do it i don't like when people are looking at me that much yeah i just, I just I, don't and that's part of it is a the not wanting to be criticized, you know, but that's, that's a, that's always a fear. You, no one likes to be judged. Not really, you know, but you, you got to find a way to get past that. Um, you know, I feel don't like let that hold you back. A- actor is basically being judged 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah. Only a comedian is judged more. They're judged like every nine seconds or every 15 seconds. Their whole career is basically judged every nine seconds. Only comedian is harder. That would be tough. A comedian would be very tough. It's a tough audience. You yeah. Pra- you got to practice. Yeah. What about you, uh, Zach? What's your second one? Ooh, second one. I don't even know it was my time yet. Um, yeah, good choices so far, guys. But uh, I love sports and I 
you know, boyhood dream of always becoming an athlete, but a specific athlete, I would want to be a baseball player. And I grew okay. up playing baseball, football and golf. And I mean, I played basketball here and there, but baseball was always my favorite. It will always be my favorite. Plus, you can play it until you're like 48 years old. And apparently football, too, if you're Tom Brady and you drink <laughs> avocado juice and all that stuff. But um, right. You know, excuse me, but playing baseball would just be so fun and getting paid to do it would be so fun. Um, maybe not the ups and downs, but I mean, that's just like work to any other career. You know, you're gonna have your ups and downs, but I think it would be so fun to be a baseball player, especially on a team that I liked. I couldn't get enough of it. It would be excellent. Yeah. You know, when I said there was going to be crossover, uh, I, yeah, we're, this is going to be, I think round three is just going to be our sports fantasies, right? Mm-hmm. I think we're all going to talk about it. I know I am. What do, so what's wait, yours well, then? Well, I was going to wait on Tom because he's next in line. So if Tom I, has a I, dream I, job of an athlete, I, now, now would be. I, I actually do. Of course mm-hmm. you do. Of course so you do. I, I, I guess, I guess I'll just jump in here. It's not Go the for it. most common athlete, but I want to be a, a Formula One uh, race driver. Ooh. Wow. Okay. First of all. Anyone who knows me knows I drive the speed limit. I don't go over it. I'm yeah. a very, I just take my little time and just drive along. Other people can go around me. I'll go in the slow lane, but I would love to be the person who goes fast. And uh, I watched the, there's a documentary series on uh, Netflix. I can't remember what it's called, but it's about formula one. And they like follow around different teams and kind of go through each season and each race and it's really awesome and it got me super intrigued in the world of racing and just like how hard it is to actually do what they do and i would love to go that fast i'm just terrified of going that fast (laughs) yeah i i yeah you mentioned that kind of before when we're talking about flying you know you're suddenly going hundreds of miles an hour and it's scary it gets real at that speed I, I get nervous at about 75. I'm like, oh, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> I'm a speed demon. <laughs> yeah, I never would have guessed Formula One. You know, I, and I'm going to talk about the real one here in just a second. But since you mentioned Formula One, I'm going to say curling. Curling. <laughs> oh, that is my favorite sport to watch in like the Winter Olympics is curling. I don't know what is so satisfying about it, but it's so satisfying. <laughs> you know? It, it's just the fact that somebody thought of it as a game. It's just There's like a sliding rock down an ice to hit a place. And then, yeah. Let's get some granite boulders and lightly slide them across the ice to try to do some sort of bocce ball sort of situation. Bocce. You're allowed to brush. You're allowed to brush the ice. <laughs> That's right. It's also cleaning. Like it should uh, be the lamest sport in the world, but it's awesome. It's it's not lame at all. It's amazing. I curling's great. Um <laughs> I actually had a couple entries on here. Yeah, I was the left fielder for the Mariners when I was a kid, you know, when Griffey and, you know, Buner was out and right. Okay, I'll play left. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would have been awesome. Uh, but NFL, uh, you know, football is my first love when it comes to sports. Um, and uh, I was never going to be able, I'm sure I was never going to be able to grow. I was told I was never going to be able to grow pro. Again, no, no encouragement, active discouragement. <laughs> it's more of the, is more of the thing, but. Um, you know, this is Labor Day weekend, which is why we wanted to talk about dream jobs. And, uh, today was cut day, uh, as of this recording today was cut day for the NFL, uh, teams had to get down to 53. So there were a lot of guys who, you know, the, the dream dreams over as of today, uh, it's a hard day in the NFL, you know, 
Um, but, you know, I just wanted to point that out that today was cut day. Or, anyway, um, yeah, I probably wouldn't be the NFL. The, the idea of getting all the way to the NFL is, you know, a point, a small percentage of whatever gets all the way there. But if you were to, you know, if you had some coaching and, you know, hit the weight room and this offseason program and, you know, Tom and I played together, there was like offseason camps that I didn't, I didn't know anything about. I never knew that they had training camp off in the summer. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I never knew. My parents got the letter and they threw them away. <laughs> like, <laughs> so when it came to actual two days and three days or whatever, like I was already way behind the curve. <laughs> like I had no idea why these, like they all already know everything and all the players and all the coaches. And I'm like, oh, how do you guys know each other? <laughs> I had no idea. Again, well, there was no. Well, yeah. we, we didn't have a summer. That that was our problem. It was just like, ugh. I remember going to those camps and just your summer just just flies away, but you're better at football. <laughs> so right. that's well, good. No. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe it was because it cost money or what, and they didn't want to do it. But no, it was yeah. more like an act of discouragement. Like you're not, this is not nothing anyway. So you're not going. Uh, my stepbrother, on the other hand, and my half sister, they were able to uh, go to these different for baseball and softball. They were able to go to like these uh, uh, these special leagues, these off season leagues, these select teams. Um, my stepdad he he'd front the money for that, and they they had the opportunity to go do that, so that was pretty cool for them. Um, but like me, my older brother David, nah, maybe it was just because we were just my parents were stupid young when they had us. <laughs> that that might have had part of the part of the deal with it, but uh, yeah, um, NFL player in particular um, would have been. Awesome. That's, that's, that's great. But again, today's cut down day and you know, the dream is uh, that's a tough one to make. But what uh, what, rad, what position rad. would you play? Bro, I could have played any position. Whoa. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, I played quarterback. Tom saw me play. You sure football. did play quarterback in peewee football. <laughs> peewee football. I was pretty good. Hot um, route, hot route, hot route. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we weren't calling, calling audibles at 12 years old. I know. I know. There's no way in hell. I'm pretty <laughs> we, sure the coach would have killed me. We weren't <laughs> even throwing the ball at 12 years old. Yeah, no way. No, we, we no. there's like a few times that we actually let, let me throw a lot, and I had some really good games. But it was, the coach had the old mentality of run the ball three you know, three downs and punt. That was just that old school, you know. Mm-hmm. And Snohomish High School up until like a couple of years ago still has that attitude. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, fullback trap, fullback trap, fullback trap punt is their offense. Um, yeah, not anymore. Again, that was as of a few years ago. Anyway, um, the uh, yeah, a position like I'm only 5'10, so I have no idea what I'm uh, running. Not a running back, I was never fast enough. Probably a safety. Yeah, I, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was a chubby kid in high school, so I, I was on the line, O line, D line. But you know, going off to college, you know. It would be presumed that you would get your weight under control. It'd be more of a safety. Safety was fun. There you go. Free safety advice. That's what I'd say. Hey, <laughs> more strong safety. I'd probably be a catcher. That was my, my favorite position. Um, I like the outfield, but but I liked playing yeah. catcher. It was just, uh, it's just so fun throwing someone out at second. And catchers yeah. are usually uh, good hitters too. Like my boy and Mike Zanino. So yeah, yeah. I, I didn't spend a whole lot of time behind the plate. Um, and I spent almost no time pitching. Uh, no time at shortstop or second because I didn't have the agility for it. But uh, I was in the outfield a lot, and I was on the corners, first and third. And third was probably my f- probably my favorite overall. But first and left are also great. Yeah, right on. 
Good, uh, never, good choices there. I never played baseball. I ran track. <laughs> Ooh. That's, that's actually good. At, you know, that's another thing, that, you know, in terms of coaching. And if I were a coach, you know, I, you know, I'd, I'd tell all my receivers, go run track in the summer. Like, mm-hmm. you need to run. You need to be running a lot. You're running, running forever. I think NFL and college players, they are, they're like, they end up running like eight miles a day. <laughs> when you add all the yards up they run, they run like eight miles a day in full pads. So you need to be comfortable running. It's a lot of running. It's a lot of running. And this guy is not built for running. <laughs> uh, and all of a sudden, Zach, we're back to you. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. We are? Hey, what, wait, wait. We wait all to hit around the bases, kinda, kid. Feel yeah, like I feel like I barely talked about being it. a baseball player, but I guess it answers itself. So I mean, we've gone around the horn. Sweet. Um, so I love food and I love traveling and I'm a guy. So I want to be a food travel guy. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that would be called. But think of Anthony Bourdain, RIP. Um, I think that would be so great to just travel the world, soak up the culture, try different foods, street foods, fancy restaurants, whatever, and uh, just have a good time and in- enjoy what I could and then talk about it. And it, I prefer I would prefer to do videos on it and kind of showcase things that are off the beaten path a little because that's my favorite thing to do when I travel is go off the beaten path. I do not like to go to the main attractions, even though it's I, I will hit them. Um, I am one that is like, I need to go do local stuff and try, you know, ox tongue soup and stuff like that, like weird shit, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Hearts oxtail. Oh, yeah. And like (laughs) and I eat meat when I travel just because I'm not going to say no to a a delicacy somewhere else. So it's kind of it's interesting. But um, but yeah, man, uh, I I think that would be a really cool profession to have food. I'm just going to call it food travel guy. Yeah, because there's okay. plenty of them. Like, till yeah, like there's all sorts of food travel guys. That's another thing you could you could do. There's a uh, food travel blogs, just like Tom's alluding to. You know, a little bit of writing. That's something I've I've thought about as well. Uh, you know, I like food. I don't know if you knew that about me or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you notice? Okay, a little bit. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Culinary critique of traveling. Uh, uh, yeah, I like it. I like that one. That's pretty good. That's your was that that's number four for you, right? I think we're back at the number three. Or the number three. Number that's three, number yeah. three for you. Yeah. So we're, it, we're in round four. Because it'll be number four for me. And Yay. you know how I said like, oh, I don't want to be an actor because people will be looking at me. Yeah. Well, it's weird because then I chose comedian. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Which you guys were like, only thing harder is being a comedian. It's like, well, well, okay. <laughs> I guess uh guess I do want to be looked at. Um but I I've liked comedians forever. Uh used to only be able to like watch them on like Comedy Central or HBO if you had it, which I'm I'm glad that like Netflix and Amazon now have lots and lots and lots of comedians cuz I love watching them. Um there's nothing better than when you say something and the whole room laughs. Now, I've only had that experience with like my friends, but there's no better feeling than when you just say that perfect funny thing. The problem is, is I usually say about one thing every, you know, hour, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Doing well. it for, for an hour 
every 30 seconds getting those laughs. That would be tough. And I would love to be able to make a room laugh like that. I hear you, man. <laughs> being being conversationally funny and being a stand-up comic are very different things. Yes. Because <laughs> it, it's just, it's, it's crazy how they like, how easily they do it. And all the different styles of comedians. Oh, how how I, easily I like, they make it look, you know. I feel like I would, if I went up there, I'd just be copying someone. But I hear like whenever comedians are talking about it, like that's how everyone starts. You're copying someone. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard that too. Uh, And I think a lot of times they understand that. I mean, you're talking about how they, you know, they do so effortlessly. It's, they they make it look effortless. You know, it's kind of like a, a magician makes it look effortless, but they spent, you know, 15 years perfecting that technique, you know, that's true. A lot of these guys, they don't, uh, they don't hit the big time in their twenties, you know. And if they do, they're just like really like out there for one album, and then they completely or two albums, and then they're they bomb and they're they're done, you know. A lot of a lot of guys are a flash in the pan. The really good ones, you know. Sometimes you don't see them until they're in their mid thirties, late thirties, because they've been spending 15, 20 years just bombing in clubs and trying to figure out how to <laughs> how to talk funny into the you know, electric stick in front of their mouth and make people laugh, you know, in a way <laughs> well, that, uh, <laughs> that they can depend upon. Um, I liked, there was a YouTube, it was, I think it was an HBO thing or Showtime thing. Uh, it was HBO thing. That's right. It was a uh, talking funny. It was, uh, uh, who's there? Jerry Seinfeld and Chris rock and Ricky Gervais and Louis CK. And the four of them were talking about the business of being a comic and coming up and being a comic and what it took. And, it does not sound like the early years does not sound glamorous at all. <laughs> it sounds oh, no. like I've heard Bill Burr talk about it. Like everybody's getting their ass kicked up there all the time. It's not mm-hmm. easy for any of them. Or like you know? doing shows in stupid places. Like uh, one of my favorite comics, Mike Birbiglia, like tells a story about like he, he did a comedy show where he was in a gymnasium in the middle of a walkathon with like people walking around him <laughs> and he had to do like comedy at them, but there wasn't, there's not like a place to look cause everyone's just walking around you. And that sounds yeah. like, that sounds like the worst thing ever. <laughs> that sounds pretty bad. I went to a comedian, uh, comic, sh- <laughs> the only one I've actually gone to, it was at first street in Snohomish at Piccadilly's and they did not do a good job. <laughs> like talking about this comedy show that this, these guys were going to show up because it was me and Mandy and like a family of a mom and a dad and like a teenage son. And that was it. <laughs> uh, it was like so embarrassing. It was, it was like an embarrassing thing, but I'm like, Oh, <laughs> funny. I felt so bad for the comics. Like how could you possibly try to talk funny in front of five people, 500 people I can see, but five people, ugh, that's, and, and how do how do you do that and then get off the stage and be like that went pretty well <laughs> like no, no it didn't no they all <laughs> bombed it was it did not work at all because there was no environment for them there has to be they feed off the crowd's energy you know and we didn't have any <laughs> Ugh, terrible. That's, you, gotta, you gotta have thick skin man you gotta have thick skin if you want to be in the entertainment business it's true it's true like I said, they get judged every like nine seconds or whatever. So uh, that's tough. That's so, a good one though, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Stand a uh, comic. Uh, yeah. I think I'd enjoy it. What, what would be your next one? 
special forces, actually, uh, U.S. Army Delta Force or Navy SEAL. Um, that was like, uh, you know, because I, you know, I wanted to be a fighter pilot growing up. That was like, you know, but once that was out the door, I'm like, okay, well, you know, something on the ground, and I. You know, again, that was more of a daydreaming kind of thing because, again, my dumb fuck parents <laughs> like you You need to get a skill like you're not going to college. So you got to get a skill that you could put on your resume. And guess what? Nobody in the civilian world gives a rat fuck that you're a veteran. Hmm. Big surprise. Here's the truth. Nobody gives a shit. Your experience means nothing to employers because they can't turn it into money. There are few to no jobs offered by the military that directly correlate to the civilian market. <laughs> so, and actually a lot of people are, are intimidated by veterans. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not a super intimidating guy, but that's by design. You know, <laughs> when I came out 20 and kind of raw, uh, I feel like I lost out on some opportunities because they could just see that I'm a rounding error from making the evening news, <laughs> you <Whoa>. know, <laughs> and who, you know, who wants that? So, um, I, I, what I'm trying to say is I, I wish I had done, I did some badass shit when I was in, I was with the combat engineer battalion, 299th engineer battalion, first brigade combat team, fourth infantry division. We went and blew shit up, found all these old stockpiles of munitions of Russian SR2 missiles and surface to air missiles and, uh, RPGs and AK 47s. We found huge stockpiles in people's backyards in Iraq and, in warehouses and, uh, the engineer's job was to go and blow shit up. Now I was a mechanic. So I spent most of my time in the motor pool fixing their vehicles so they can go out on these missions, but they also needed people to go out as maintenance support and be out with them for three, four days while they're out doing all this stuff. So I got the opportunity to go out there and strap on C4 and, and blow shit up. So I got to go do some pretty cool shit. Um, went on some raids, whatever. My point is, I wish I had gone into a combat role when I was in the army. My point is go do badass shit while you can repel out of a helicopter. I repelled down a tower in basic training. That's terrifying, <laughs> terrifying, but also fun. Repel out of a helicopter, jump out of an airplane, go do badass shit. Cause you're going to be a square one when you hit the civilian market anyway. So fuck it. You know? <laughs> so that's what I'm, that's yeah. Special force. I had the opportunity uh, once when I was in where this is after I came back from Iraq and they came around unit to unit and they were talking about going into sniper school, uh, transitioning into reenlisting transit and uh, transitioning into sniper school. And they were looking for dudes who could shoot. And I was expert marksman and had been the whole time I was in. And so I was one of the guys who was like, yeah, okay, this is, this is what would be the job, but you would have to reenlist for X amount of years and you go on the fast track to, uh, staff sergeant and sergeant first class, you almost immediately you're making a lot more money. But they talk about what it would take to be a sniper. And they talk about a, a World War II story where a guy had to sit there in the snow, in the ice, and he, he, had, he had a bead on an enemy who had stuck his head out of a trench, out of this one spot, this one hole by this one tree, about a, a half a mile away. About a half a mile away and had a bead on him. Okay. And he's in the snow and in the ice all night long. He cannot move his reticle from that spot. And on the light of day comes up, dude pops his head up, squeeze the trigger, target down. That kind of discipline to be a sniper is insane. And I don't know if I would ever be that guy, but I was sort of interested in finding out 
And then the, you know, the guy was talking about, well, one of the downsides got to tell you is, you know, they could fly you out to bumfuck wherever with a five-year mission saying you're going to do this, this, and this, and then find your own way home. And if anything happens to you, we never knew you. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So I go home and I'm like, oh man, this, man, that's kind of cool. That's like, you know, I'm, you know, 19. <laughs> I'm like, man, that sounds great. Oh, what am I forgetting? Oh yeah. I just got married. <laughs> I, I have to ask my wife <laughs> if any of this sounds appealing. Uh, spoiler alert did not sound appealing. <laughs> she, uh, she shut that down pretty quick. Uh, like she's just I, like, are you out of your goddamn mind? <laughs> are you out of your mind? One deployment was enough. I'm supposed to just like not know what happened to you. And then suddenly someday out of the blue, I'm getting survivor pension benefits and I have no idea what happened to you. And nobody will tell me that sounds like, are you serious right now? No. Haha. <laughs> I'm so funny. Yeah. So no, that was, that wasn't realistic because I, you know, I, again, uh, but that would be, that would have been a cool job. That would have been a dream job for me. And again, I'd say if for anybody who's considering joining, you know, they talk about in the commercials, Oh, we offer 200 blah, blah, blah. For civil-. Fuck that. No, they offer no jobs that you could take in the civilian market. It's a big goddamn lie. Go do badass shit. So that's my number four. All right, Zachary. <laughs> Uh, so I want to be, um, I, I really love the outdoors and, uh, you know, I, I love to go climb up mountains and I think it would be awesome to take my knowledge of climbing up mountains to be a mountain guide. I don't have a, a proper term for that. So I just said mountain guide dude. And, uh, basically I would be able to, someone's like, Hey, I want to go hike this, or I want to go on this three day excursion overnighting here. And I'd help set it up and I would be the guide and I'd teach them the ways of nature and the mountains and all that fun stuff. I think it would be fun to be stressful at times because it is hard taking people who aren't uh, outdoorsy on outdoorsy adventures because there's a lot of complaining typically. So that would be something I'd have to set aside. But I would really love to just be able to do something I'm very passionate about and uh, and get paid for it. So maybe I could be a mountain guide and a film critic at the same time. We could talk, we could talk about mountain films. Oh, I, I could, you could, or you could be a mountain guide who takes directors and sit, you know, the, the people out there like looking sure for filming that. a location. Yeah. There to looking yeah. for filming locations. Mm-hmm. And you already have this insight because you have all this movie knowledge in your head. You'd be perfect for that. Maybe. I don't think I'd rather that, just be a regular mountain guide though. Yeah. That's not, that sounds like a job. Now that we're talking about it out loud, that actually totally sounds like a job. Yeah, I'm sure it definitely is. But yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I have, um, I have, uh, I would love to, to do that, to be a guide for people and show them around so they can view whatever. And it would be awesome. Yeah, that sounds fun, man. I could see, uh, I could see you definitely doing that. You could be grow a big old beard. I can't grow a beard to save my life. I try you know and I try and I try. No shave if November you, comes around and I don't shave and it just looks the exact same. My dad had an amazing you, beard, but I cannot get it. If you did that job, you would grow a beard just because. No, I wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. 
you wouldn't have it would just happen you'd be no. just from the power of wearing flannel i wear flannel often. all the time eric i wear flannel all the goddamn okay. time i eat beef jerky but that's a lie <laughs> um i i drink whiskey that's the truth uh i chop down trees every once in a while i, I just cannot do it it's weird i don't I know. chop down trees i wear high heels yeah, spenders and a bra i don't, I don't do don't any of those things but uh i have a beard <laughs> You do. Yeah. You do. Have a it's a pretty majestic goddamn yeah. beard. Yeah, it's pretty good. Grizzly Adams had a beard. <laughs> yeah, he did. Facts. Oh man. Well, that's great. Okay, Thanks. yeah. Tom, what's Nature your next wilderness. one? Wilderness. Yeah. All right, my last one. All right. Brewmaster. Oh, I need yes. it. Oh, that's beautiful. Love it. I would love to make my own beer, mostly because I would make some crazy stuff. I'd be making, you know, peanut butter everything i'd be making uh mountain dew ales i have seen that it, it, it sounds delicious uh i'd be making everything because i've tried to brew beer before once i got a brew kit in the mail and uh i cooked it up and did all the steps and put it in the closet tucked it away in a warm place so that it could ferment and then i popped the top off and i drank it and that was terrible <laughs> I did something very, very wrong, and I don't know what it was, but that was not beer. <laughs> I, like, yeah, I'm starting to get the idea of Tom at some point, maybe his retirement plan, opening up his own brewery and restaurant. That's possible, and it will be outside of a Formula One racing place where I'll be like, I can't make your food right now. I got to go race, and then I'll like go get in my car. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fine. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I, I had it. I, all right. I was, I was being serious. That's just, you know, uh, it could, it's a possibility. Um, restaurants are tough though. Yeah, they are. I <laughs> yeah. know. But I would love to do both of those things, especially together, like a brewery that serves like pizza. Oh, I'd crush that. Talk to Jake. I mean, Jake's, you know, he's, he's that, Jake. That's true. He is Jake. <laughs> um, but you could team up. Uh, he could definitely teach me some some chefy things, whatever yeah, those he are. Could. Um, but yeah, I actually have a beer crate coming. I think it ships out tomorrow, where I'm getting all sorts of beers from my my beer place. Nice, uh, and I can't yeah. wait to try them. Ugh. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, bring them to the draft, but we're not meeting for the Saturday draft anymore, and. Uh, eh. The Sunday, the Sunday drafts actually at a bar. So yeah, so I don't think that I come in with my crate full of beer. Be like, we don't need you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they're gonna be super. We're just here to use your that. TV for a draft bar. <laughs> yeah, shut up. Yeah, we could Dude, drink it in the park. We could drink it in the parking lot of the Petco true. or whatever's next to it. <laughs> I could, that's- I could see you as the bearded, uh, barley coated. Uh, you know, plaid wearing brewmaster somewhere. Like I could see like, Hey, where's the broom? Oh, it's that guy. That guy's obviously the brewmaster. Clearly. Look at that. Look at that gloriously handsome son of a bitch. Mm. I do look good. Yeah, you do get that beard. Out. Yeah, no, you can, I could see that's a fit for you. I could see that. Uh, yeah. So what's, what's your last one, Eric? Well, uh, author an author. Um, I've always had a little bit of talent writing. Um, 
it's actually kind of ingrained in my identity, really. I mean, when I'm, when someone asks me what I am, you know, depending on, you know, the context, you know, I'm a veteran or I'm a Boeing employee or, you know, whatever have you. But when I think of myself and ask myself who I am, I, I say a writer. And that's tough because J.R.R. Tolkien was a writer, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> these guys are right. You know, these 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 journalists that I read every week, I'm, they're writers. They, they get paid professionally to do it. Can I really call myself a writer when I don't get paid to do it? A writer is somebody who writes, you know. So, again, um, college was never a thing. So that was not a career choice growing up. I was just going to go be some grunt <laughs> turning wrenches in the army. But um you don't really need though a college degree to be a writer. Uh, it's kind of like graphic design. You um, people just care about what you can do. Show me what you can do. Um, that said, it is more important to pursue a degree if you're going to be a writer, because honestly you have to know everything. I mean, seriously, you have to know or have the capacity to know just about everything. I mean, how else does an author write a character's life like in prison and in the next book or the chapter or whatever, talk about like a single mom struggles in middle America. Like, how do you put your readers in that same position? You know, then the answer is empathy. You got to be able to empathize. The only way you get through to that is through exposure to, and that's what college is all about. I mean, it exposes you to people and places and cultures and languages and perspectives that you'd never heard of before. And you need all of it if you're talking about writing. So, and yeah, you learn the skills and all that necessary. And that's very important and fundamental to development. And you get better at it as you go. But I think it's secondary to the overall experience. And really, you know, now I think about it, I'm sitting here, you know, talking about these careers and what we want to do and think, you know, I feel like for my nephews and nieces, what I really want them to do, because some of them are thinking about, you know, joining up in the military like their uncle did. And that's great. What I want for them, I want them to get away from their parents and their grandparents and this part of the world and go somewhere else and go to college. Go live on the other side of the country. Go to the University of Virginia. You know, Go be someplace else. Um, I watch ESPN College Game Day every Saturday morning. It's a lot of fun. You see those kids out there uh, before the game. They're all cheering on. I want them to go do that. Go do that. Go live over there for a while. And then if you want to join or enlist or whatever, go ahead. But um, author, I, I think of myself as a writer anyway. I write all the time. Uh, Tom knows for D&D. &D. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes, you know, for social political commentary, I write on Facebook. But, I, you know, I could have a blog one of these days. I don't know how many people would read it. But I would write it just because that's what I enjoy doing. You know, you do what you enjoy doing. You know, you critique movies. Uh, Zach, I write. That's what I enjoy doing. Right on. Um, yeah. Yeah. Writer, author. I dig it. I All like right. it. I would I would read what you what you're putting down. Thanks. Uh, Zach. That's my name. Got? Don't wear it out. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, oh burned. So owned. When I was when I was <laughs> a young warthog, um, I wanted When I was a young warthog. Thank you, Eric. Uh, I almost put singer as my profession because I love to sing, but uh, I did not. But when I was a young warthog, I really enjoyed uh, the WWF. And that is not <laughs> the World Wildlife Foundation. That is the World Wrestling Federation. Yeah, and it is. I was I grew up in the Attitude Era, so I absolutely love Stone Cold and DX. Um, the Rock was one of my favorites. The Undertaker. It just was the list goes on and on and on. 
And so I was so obsessed with wrestling. I had all the, the toys. I would have like little wrestling matches with the toys. I'd be like, oh, my God, he's got a ladder. And then they'd jump <laughs> off the ladder and be like, oh, dear God, he's got a family and all that stuff. <laughs> and um, I would, uh, you know, do the commentaries and it was crazy. And we'd get all the pay-per-views when I was a kid. So I was just absolutely obsessed with wrestling. Uh, I, we even had a family video camera and I would set it up on my five disc CD player because it was really tall and it was like the height of what I was at. But yeah. uh, I would record and then I would do an intro for like a wrestler and it was just random stuff. And I was just making it up as I went along and I was an idiot, but I would dress up as the rock. I would dress up as stone cold. <laughs> I did my own guy and I don't even, I made up my own music and it was awful. Really? Um, yeah, it was really bad. Oh, I don't, I don't, you have to recapture this. I don't remember point, my name. I think it just went, I think it started out. I did like the porn song. I was like, bow, chicka, bow, wow. And I was like, and I like, and I came up and I was like, cut my music. And I was like, this Sunday at SummerSlam, Triple H. And I started like hitting my head with a baseball bat. I was like, you're going to die. You're going to die. I was like, you, oh my God, I can't remember. I, I remember all of this. I was like, you're going to experience the deadliness of the deadly DDT. That was my finisher. I don't know <laughs> oh, what my name boy. was. And then um, I just heard in the background. Uh, so I started hitting myself with a bat. I was like, don't mess with the psycho. And I heard my brother go, duh, in the background. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was funny. He's an asshole. He still is an asshole. But um, anyways, it was uh, it was fun. Um, you know, so I always wanted to be a professional wrestler. And I still think it would be really cool. And I know it's fake, but I mean, it's not Whatever. fake at the same time. So I think it would just be so fun to have that charisma and that, you know, that attitude and the uh, alternate identity and everything. And I think it would be really, really neat. Uh, it's acting, it's role playing, you know, but it's also you're a professional athlete. These people are amazing athletes. So, man, you uh, you really came alive there talking about that. That's, uh, <laughs> I used to that, was, that was the most enthused I've, I think I've ever heard you talk for like the what? longest period about wow, that's, I feel like I learned something about you today. I am, I feel very blessed. I used to, yeah, I used to love wrestling. I was obsessed with it. So. I, I was never obsessed. With, I liked it, but like I got to see some of the episodes until like me and my brother started practicing the moves on each other in the living room. Yeah. And my mom's like, yeah, that's enough of that shit. Yeah. We did that a lot <laughs> with my cousins on like the trampoline and stuff. And I, I my yeah. sister one time I, I did socko to her. Like so mankind <laughs> used to take his sock off and do the mandible claw where he sticks the, his hand in your mouth. And I did that to my sister and she didn't see it coming and she started crying and it was really funny. I got, oh. I got in trouble, but whatever. Yeah. Worth it. Yeah. It was awesome. It was so funny. Socko, and then I forgot all about. Socko. I did a leg drop one time on my sister's bed because uh, D'Lo Brown used to do. It's called the lowdown, and he would like point in directions, and then he just like do a leg drop basically on someone's neck. Yeah. And I did it on my sister's bed, and I broke her bed, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh fuck!" And so I told my mom, "I was like, I don't know, it just broke somehow." <laughs> that was an yeah. Well, wow. it didn't work. I've actually told that exact lie. <laughs> yeah, my dad was pissed because he built it. He's like, what the fuck? And I was like, I don't know, man. I had to do the lowdown. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the dude's got to eat. That one? <laughs> dude's got, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. You ever people elbows anyone? I, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. All the time. Oh, of course. That all was huge. Yeah. We were growing up. So. Stone Cold stunned everybody. I still Stone Cold stunned everybody now. Everybody. I don't, I don't stand next to you for that reason. Whoa, exactly. <laughs> there you go. But uh, but yeah, that's that's all I got. What about uh, are, are we done? Is that is that it? 
Well, I think so. Cool. I, I actually well, so I actually found a couple that at first I read it and I was like, huh, that could that could be good. And then I realized they were actually awful. <laughs> so so I'll go over those real quick. Cool. So so radio host. That'd be great. Yeah. I don't think it would be good because it's already hard enough to do like a one hour podcast and have enough to say, let alone doing it four hours a day without having, you know, any dead air. So they can't really, they can't edit. So it's just like, you got to be able to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and keep talking. (laughs) And I just, uh, I can't do that. Once, once I'm off this podcast, I don't talk for three days. Really? No, I talk all the time. (laughs) It's not about anything that anyone cares about. I talk all uh, the time. The next one was video game tester. That sounds like an awesome job. But I've played a lot of really bad video games. And if I had to keep playing them past the point where I wanted to go, eh, this isn't for me. I, I don't know what I would do because some games are trash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and then the last one I came up with is the royal family, which is technically a job. Like <laughs> technically, yeah, yeah. And there, I've watched The Crown. It looks terrible. It does. It looks <laughs> awful. It does it not like look a, like a, a fun life. Oh, <laughs> the worst. So yeah, those are the three that I came up with that sound good but are actually terrible. Right on, Tom. I dig it. Yeah, really good, buddy. Mm-hmm. Cool. So let me uh, let me recap then. So Tom, he wants to be a chef. He wants to be a film critic, an F1 race car driver, a comedian and a brewmaster. It's a lot of a lot of jobs there. Eric mm-hmm. wants to be a fighter pilot, an actor, an NFL player, a special forces member or like guy. And then an That'll author, work. too. So uh, tons of stuff. He's a jack of all trades. And then I would like to be a film critic, a baseball player, a food travel guy, a mountain guy dude, and a professional wrestler. So cool beans. That was rad. I um, I dig it, guys. Uh, so, Tom, why don't you uh, take us home? All righty. Thank you for tuning in to Top 5 Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Podcast Top 5 at ZachDale60, at TomTop5, and at eShane, where you can give us ideas, tell us if we are crazy, or even suggest a topic for a future episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. Thank you. And remember, it is okay to be wrong, even though you think you're right. Well, I don't really have anything witty to say, but that was fun, and uh, everyone remember... No matter what job you do, you're contributing to society and uh, always be positive because you know what? It can get better. I promise. I'll give I'll give you a closing quote. Sure. Theodore Roosevelt's man in the arena. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or whether doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievements, and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. Dang. Well... I guess I didn't say the final thing, so. <laughs> Go do it. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks, guys. Do the damn thing as, uh, as uh, what's-his-name did. Do it!